How are you today? Hey, it's good to see you. Turn to somebody and say, boy, I'm glad you were here today. There you go. Now, men, turn back to your wives and say, well, yeah, you made me come today. No, I'm just kidding. It's probably, probably the other way around, the way this church is wired. No, I'm just kidding. Just being silly, okay? Hey, I'm really glad you're here today. Those of you who might be here for the very first time, thank you for joining us today at the Bridge Church. We want our lives to be connected with God, and then we want to be connected with each other, and we're really glad you joined us today. There are a lot of great churches in this valley, and for you to be here with us, it means a lot to us. So thank you so much for joining us. And if there's anything we can do to answer questions, let us know. Out that first set of doors to the right is our info center. They can answer pretty much any question you've got. You can also check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. We also have an app you can download on your electronic device. Again, we're just really glad you were here today. Let's put our hands together and welcome our first-time guests. God bless you. And this is a special Sunday, again, because we did water baptisms, which I love. I love it. Every fifth Sunday, pretty much, we do water baptisms. And it's also special because Bridge Youth is in service today. Yeah, there you go. There you go. It's your one chance to be rowdy for a couple seconds on Sunday morning. Now you've got to settle down again. Really glad Bridge Youth has joined us today. Uh, before I get into God's Word, I want to just take a moment. If, if you're new to the Bridge Church and you've got questions and you say, hey, I want to find out more, on the first Sunday of every month, which will be next Sunday morning, the first Sunday of October, during second service, we have what we call connecting point. Our pastors host the connecting point meeting. It gives you a chance to hear all about our vision, our history, where we're going, what's important to us. And we'd love for you to attend connecting point. You can sign up at the Connection Center. You can sign up online next Sunday morning during second service. We'd love to have you join us. You can find out how you can get better connected here at the bridge. So God bless you today. Before we dive into God's word, let's just take, take a moment and, and pray, okay? Father, thank you for a great Sunday morning. Thank you for people who have not only committed their lives to you, but they followed you today being baptized in water. And now on this day of celebration, on this Sunday morning, when we're here to honor you, to worship you and praise you, I just pray the next few minutes you would first of all arrest our attention and then speak things into each and every life that we can put to practice in everyday living. We thank you for what you do in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll have our verses on the screen this morning, but if you have a Bible or a device and you want to follow, we're going to begin the very first verse of the Bible today, believe it or not. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you're not familiar with the Bible, just keep turning to you get the first verses and you'll be there. We're in a series called House Rules. It's not a series about legalism of do this and don't do that. We're talking about things that we value here at the Bridge Church. Every church is a little different from every other church. And from church to church, there are things that are valued and stressed beyond what they are in other churches. And in this series, we're taking six weeks and talking about six things that are really, really important at the Bridge Church. Today, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit, God the Holy Spirit. And today we want to talk about the fact that we value the work of the Holy Spirit so we submit our lives to Him. Now, how many of you believe in miraculous things? 
Miss your hands. Come on, be honest. How many of you believe in miracles? Well, today, you're going to see something miraculous. You're a part of something miraculous. A few years ago, I did a series on the Holy Spirit, and I kind of rushed through parts of it, but I spent 12 weeks teaching on the Holy Spirit. So there's about eight or nine hours of teaching that you're going to get in about 30 minutes. How many of you believe that would be pretty miraculous? I mean, I'm going to be going fast. How many of you believe I can't do this in about 30 minutes? That's what I thought. But Joey, shame on you. Shame on you. Wait, when service is over, I want to see you in my office, okay? But today we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and his working in our lives. I think today, I want to begin with this. When we talk about the Holy Spirit, some people who are new to church will say, well, what is, what is the Holy Spirit? The real true question is, who is the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit's a person. The Holy Spirit is God. As you read through scriptures, especially in the New Testament, you see that the Father is called God, God the Father. Jesus Christ, the Son, is called God in scripture. But the Spirit of God, what's referred to as the Holy Spirit, anytime you see the word Holy Spirit, the word holy is there because it's pointing to the Spirit of God and not the Spirit of somebody else. So there's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit who are all called God in Scripture. So when you say, well, who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God, which leads us to another question. Okay, how can there be three gods? There's not three gods. There's one God, but he exists in three persons. Now, I've heard a lot of preachers and a lot of theologians try to explain this i even have a pastor friend who spent several years studying it and he's getting ready to write a long long thesis on 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 the trinity on the father the son the holy spirit the triune god and we have trouble getting our heads around that but i think the simplest way for us to begin is to stop and realize that you and i are created in the likeness and the image of god there are things about us from birth that show and point to our creator we have similarities with God and one of the similarities we have is we are three-part beings we are spirits we have a soul which is mind will and emotions and we live in a body body soul spirit so God is three persons in one and in many respects we are three persons in one as well now I don't want to take that to an extreme I want to use it for an illustration but starting with that today when I say the Holy Spirit, uh, how many of you have ever read King James Bible? I've got, some, okay, I've got a few church people. King James says things in old King's English from centuries ago. In King James Bible, you don't find the Holy Spirit. You find the words the Holy Ghost. Now, now here's what happens. If I talk to you about the Father, you have a concept. You have a picture in your mind of who a father is, what a father is, and what a father God would be like. You have a picture of that, a concept. When I say to you, Jesus, the Son of God, you have a picture in your mind of what the Son of God would be like, especially when you read the Gospels and you find out about what his ministry was like when he was here on earth. You know, being born of a virgin, growing up, having his ministry, living, dying on the cross, and then ascending back to the Father. You have a picture, a concept of who the Son is. But when somebody says spirit or ghost, it's kind of like, ooh. And I'll be honest with you, a lot of churches, 
We don't talk about the Holy Spirit because we think, well, I don't want to weird anybody out. Because the concept of a spirit or a ghost for a lot of people is weird. Can I tell you something today? God, the Holy Spirit, is not weird. Can I tell you something else? There are some church people who are weird. Turn to somebody and say, he's talking to you today. <laughs> can, can, I, can I tell you one more? There are some preachers who are weird. Some of you are listening to one today, okay? You know, sometimes people do weird things in the name of God, but the Holy Spirit is not weird. What we have to understand is what the Spirit of God does is perfectly natural for the realm of the Spirit. So many of us are uneducated about why the Holy Spirit is important to us. But I want to dive into it. Let's begin in Genesis 1. This is still part of the introduction. But I want you to look at Genesis chapter 1, the very beginning of the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Okay, we're reading part of the story of creation, the beginning part. He created the heavens and the earth. And the verse 2 says, and The earth was without form and void. It, it wasn't like it exists today. It was kind of a blob covered with water and there was no real purpose and meaning to anything as we know it. The earth was without form and void, empty, had no purpose, and darkness was on the face of the deep. It was just one dead, deep, dark place. And the Spirit of God, notice these words, the Spirit of God, God the Holy Spirit was hovering over the face of the waters. Now I want you to picture this with me. I want you to picture our world, the globe. I don't have a round globe here. Picture my fist as the world, okay? Picture the world and all this vast space. Nothing has formed. It makes no sense. There's no, it's just total darkness. But the Spirit of God is covering and hovering around everything going on on the planet. That's what scripture says here, okay? Now, look at verse three. Then God said, let there be light, and bam, there was light. What we see here in this picture is a bit of an understanding of what the Spirit of God does. The Spirit of God is the part of God that accomplishes the work of God in the earth. Let me put it this way. Everything God is doing in the earth today, he's doing it through the Spirit or by the, by the Spirit through people. He's doing it by the Holy Spirit through people. Everything God will accomplish in your life, it's a work of the Spirit of God in you and on you and through you. So we need to get the weirdness and the fear of, well, I don't want to get into weird stuff. we got to get that out of our hearts and out of our minds and welcome God doing his work in our lives. Because from the very beginning, we see the work of God begins with the Holy Spirit working. Now, here's how one theologian described it. One theologian said, at creation, God the Father thought it. God the Son, John chapter 1 says he's the Word. God the Father thought it, God the Son spoke it, and God the Holy Spirit performed it. It's God at work. Now, taking these simple thoughts, I want to talk to you today about three things 
that the Holy Spirit has come to do in our lives. Because most people, even church people, don't understand. And they say, well, what is it? Why is, why is the Holy Spirit important to me? What difference does it make? I've accepted Jesus as my Savior. I believe in God. What's all this stuff about the Holy Spirit? Why is this important to me? I'm going to show you three ways that the Holy Spirit wants to work in your life today. Number one, John chapter 16 we're going to begin reading there. Number one, the Holy Spirit wants to work for you. The Holy Spirit is working for you. John chapter 16, verse 7 says this. Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Now, it's not like Jesus hadn't been honest about everything. It's not like that. It's not like he's saying, hey, I was just kidding you about that other stuff. Now, let me tell you the truth. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is, let me share with you a very important truth that you need to understand. Nevertheless, I tell you a truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, I, I got to stop here a minute because the next several minutes, you remember how we kind of tried to picture the earth being the globe and so forth? I, wanna, I want you to shift gears here and I want you to imagine you're one of the disciples. You're going about your way of life 2,000 years ago. Maybe you're a fisherman or a tax collector or whatever you were. And Jesus walks up and says, follow me. And something inside of you just grabs you and says, walk away from it all and follow this guy. And so you just walk away from your old life and you just follow Jesus. And for three years, your life is consumed listening to his teachings, watching him work miracles. You see him as the son of God. You see him as the promised Messiah. This is the one who's going to break all the bondage of other government rules and smash the Roman empire. He's going to set up his throne. And when he comes to power, I'm going to be right there at his right hand. And I want to be somebody big in his kingdom. So for three years, man, I'm all about this. But then Jesus begins to come down to the end of his ministry. He's about to go to the cross he starts telling them, guys, you need to understand something. I'm not here right now to stay. I'm going to be leaving and going back to my father. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not what we thought. And so Jesus begins to explain to them, I have to go away for the plan of God to be fulfilled. He said, it is to your advantage that I go away. Now let's go back to the verse here, verse 7. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, here's the thing. Jesus said, I'm going away, but it's to your advantage. If I stay here, it's just all about me and what I'm going to do, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this. And I'm, but if I go away... The Holy Spirit comes, he will help you, and then it will be about what the Spirit of God is doing through all of you to build my church. So Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. And he says in verse 8, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, here's what I want to do the next few minutes. The first part of this message is God has come to work, God the Holy Spirit has come to work for you. I'm going to show you two ways, two major ways he's come to work for you. The first is the Holy Spirit has come to bring you into relationship with God. 
See, this is not taught well in our church world. What is the very first thing the Spirit of God does? What is the first work of the Holy Spirit? Some of you are sitting there saying, well, I don't know that the Holy Spirit's ever done something with me. If you know Jesus, the Holy Spirit's already started working. You just didn't know it. Because the first work of the Holy Spirit is to bring you into relationship with God. The first thing he does, he comes to us. In this passage of scripture, in all the wording you might have got lost with words like righteousness and judgment and all this stuff, here's what he basically says. First of all, the Holy Spirit comes to convince us that we are sinners and we need a savior. Most of you in this building have already come to a place where you realize I'm a sinner, my sin has separated from me God, I need a savior, and you've put your faith in Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. To come, the word is convict, it really means to convince. To come and bring evidence so that in your heart you are convinced, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior. And then the next thing he does is, he convinces you that Jesus is that Savior. That Jesus went to a cross, and when they nailed him to the cross, God was pleased for that to happen because all of our sins were thrust on Jesus, though he was sinless and blameless. All of our sins were thrust on Jesus. Everything wrong with us was thrown on him so that everything that was right with him could be poured into our lives. He's pouring his righteousness into us. He was righteous and now he gives it to us. He takes our sins, he moves it away, it's nailed to his cross and because we accept his sacrifice, he now declares we are righteous just as he was righteous. And then the next thing the Spirit of God does is he exposes the lies of Satan that says you were born this way, you were stuck in this life, you are never going to change, you are going to be in bondage, this is what you are and what you've been for 20, 30, 40, 60 years, you will always be that person. All of a sudden the Spirit of God convinces you and you realize I don't have to live in bondage to sin, I can be freed and walk into a brand new life in Jesus. That's the first work that the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Many of you have already experienced that. And to, to use a theological term, the word is regeneration. Remember Jesus told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he's scratching his head trying to figure this out. And Jesus says, no, no, no. I'm not talking about entering into your mother's womb and being born of flesh. You have to be born of the spirit. Your spirit needs to come alive. And your spirit cannot come alive until the spirit of God does a work in you that makes you alive. When we put our faith in what Jesus did on the cross and we accept him as our savior, suddenly our spirit person comes alive and we begin to sense the presence of God and we know this is right and this is the direction I need to go with my life. When we are regenerated by the spirit of God, he's not only with us, he's in us. Let me show you this. Remember earlier the globe with, with the Spirit of God hovering around it? You wonder how God knows every conversation? Jesus said God is spirit. Those who worship him must learn to worship in spirit and in truth. God is spirit. How does God know every conversation? Some of you driving to church today, you're yelling and screaming at the kids and the kids are going crazy and I don't want to go to church today. Yes, you do want to go to church today. I wanted to go to first service. No, we're going to second service. I want to stop and get a donut. We don't have time to get a donut. You don't need the sugar before you go. Yeah, that's one thing. You don't need to give your kids sugar before you bring them to church. Okay, that's a, that's a blessing. You know, you're having all this. You say, God knows every conversation all of us had on the way to church today. You know how he knows that? Because he's spirit. 
How is God everywhere at one time? How is he omnipresent? It's because he's spirit. How does God know what you're thinking right now? How's he going to cover all this in the next 20 minutes? He knows what you're thinking. Wow, because he's spirit. But you're spirit also. So his spirit comes to work for us. First of all, to bring us into relationship with God. And then once we come into relationship with God, John 14 says this. And if you've got your Bibles, turn there. John 14, verse 15 says this. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another Help me. Helper. I will pray the Father. He'll give you another. How many of you recognize you need help in this life? Jesus said, I know when I leave, you're going to need some help. I'm not going to be here to rescue you out of every little situation. But I'm going to send another helper. And he's going to be with you. He's going to be in you. That he may abide with you how long? So what happens when we're regenerated? The Holy Spirit comes and he moves in us. He lives in us and he plans on staying there forever. Young people, don't ever, don't ever have that mindset that says, well, God comes and goes. Some days he likes me, some days he doesn't. Some days I feel good, that means Jesus is here. No, he's always there. If you've accepted him, he's never going to leave you. He's got better plans for you than you have for yourself. Just keep trusting him. He's working for you, and he's going to walk you right into everything he has for your life. Expect that. Expect that. And it goes on to say this, verse number 17. It, the thought continues. He's called the spirit of truth. Which means the Holy Spirit will help us understand what's right and wrong, what's true, what's false. And he says the world cannot receive him because it never, neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Then verse 18. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. See, Jesus is telling his followers, hey, guys, don't get so down. I'm not going to leave you like an orphan. I'm not going to just drop you off and you hope somebody else adopts you. I'm telling you, the helper is coming, and he's going to bring you everything that you need. He's going to do for everybody things that I can only do for one person at a time. He's going to be working for every one of us because God the Spirit works for us. And he goes on to say in John 14, 26, he will teach us all things that we need to know and he'll bring those things to remembrance when we need it. The Spirit of God comes to teach us the ways of God. In 1 John, he says that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. We don't need men to explain everything to us. Now, there are teacher gifts and there are men that God has anointed and women that God has anointed to teach. But having said that, the Holy Spirit is the one who convinces us this is truth. I may not like it or I may love it, but it is the truth and I need to follow after the truth. He's the spirit of truth. He says the same thing that Jesus said, who said only what the Father said. They're not in disagreement. They're in total agreement. And he's come to teach us, to guide us into all the truth that we'll ever need for this lifetime. And he does it one thing at a time in a process. He's come to work for us. Some of you don't know this. Did you know God's working for you today? As you're sitting in this service, the Holy Spirit right now is saying, hey, you hear that? Did you hear that? He's nudging you. That's the Spirit of God working for you, leading you into more truth. Number two, the second thing that the Holy Spirit does, God's Spirit not only works for us, He's come to work in us. 
He's come to work in us. Here's what I found out about most Christians. Most Christians, almost every one of them, wants God to work for them. How many of you want God to work for you? Man, I want him working for me. But then when you say, how about God working in you, some kind of drop off and it's like, eh, I kind of like me the way I am. And it's like, we're not sure about that part. Well, let me show you something. God has sent his spirit to work in us. Because life with God, walking with God, will change us from the inside out. Young people, religion tries to change you from the outside in. Religion says, do this and do this and don't do this and don't do this and don't, but do this and do, and do it this way and that way. And if you do it just like this, God will be happy with you. That's what religion says. The Spirit of God says, I am here to change you from the inside out. I will work in you. You walk with me and you follow my leading and God is more than pleased with you. His Spirit has come to work in us, to change us from the inside out, to bring us into unity with other believers, to bring us to a place of new maturity where we're always growing and becoming more mature in Christ, to stabilize us in our walk with God, to begin to develop the nature of Jesus and the attitudes of Jesus in us. And all of this is a lifelong process. As long as you are alive, if you're a child of God, the Spirit of God is going to be trying to work in you to make you more like Jesus and make you everything God created you to be. That's a part of what he's come to do. Now, let me show you one major aspect of this. Galatians chapter 5. We're going to read several verses this morning. I'll refer to others. But Galatians chapter 5 talks about this. Many of you know this, but let's look at it. Galatians 5 verse 16. Paul says, I say then, walk in the Spirit. Walk in the knowledge of the Spirit. Walk in the teaching of the Spirit. Walk in the power of the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. He's talking about the new nature that comes with Christ and the Spirit, and he's talking about the old nature of what we used to be. <clears throat> he says in verse 17, for the flesh, the, the flesh lusts against, it fights against the Spirit, and the Spirit fights against the flesh. Everybody knows this. You know, when I was a kid, we used to have cartoons where they showed this all the time. You know, I can see uh, um, Yosemite Sam. I can see... Sometimes Mickey Mouse, anybody know who that is? Bugs Bunny. I can see these cartoons where all of a sudden this little person that looks like them shows up on this shoulder and it's an angel, got a halo, and he's telling him to do right. And over here another little one pops up, it's got horns and a pitchfork, it's the devil, he's telling him to do wrong. That's like your new nature, your new God nature, the spirit nature, and then your old fallen nature fighting. There's a war that goes on. And we need to be aware of that battle that we're fighting. He says each of those voices are fighting, those two natures, the old nature and the new nature, are fighting against each other. But look at verse 18. He says, here's what your old nature wants to do. The works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, Hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. How many are saying, yeah, I already had all those. I'm still dealing with it. 
But he's not finished. Verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what is he doing? He's saying, look, if you're not sure what the Spirit of God's trying to do in you, let me show you. This is what you used to be because you surrendered to your fallen nature, the work of the flesh. But then he goes on to say, here's what you need to be driven by. Verse number 22, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and against such there is no law. Do you know why a lot of people struggle walking with God? Because they take on the religious mindset. Well, I need to stop this, and I need to stop this, and I need to stop this. We're so busy thinking about our sin nature that we never realize what God wants you to do is not worrying about doing what's wrong. Just start living in what's right. And if you start living in what's right and letting the Spirit of God motivate your life, in a few days you find out, man, I'm walking down this road with all this fruit showing up in my life. It's pushing me in this direction, and I don't even think about going the old direction because I'm yielding to the new nature, the work of the Spirit, and what He's trying to do in me. Why do I struggle so much? Because you haven't understood where your strength is. Your strength comes by yielding and submitting to the Spirit of God and following Him, and it walks you right out of the old lifestyle and the old ways of living. This is good. The Spirit's come to work in us. Now, I know, you know, I've, I've used this illustration before, and I'm, I gotta hurry. My time's a little shorter today because of baptisms. We did an extra song. But you know, a lot of us say, okay, how do I, how do I bear this fruit? And sometimes we look like a chicken trying to lay an egg, you know. <laughs> trying to bear fruit. Jesus talked about this in John 15. He said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. Without me, you can do nothing. You know what Jesus said? He said, quit grunting and groaning, trying to produce stuff, and just stay in me. Stay in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. Give yourself over. Submit to the ways of the Spirit, and you will just start producing new fruit in your life. If you follow the leading of the Spirit, He produces the nature of Jesus in us. Some of us struggle because we know there's areas of my life I don't yet have the nature of Jesus. I told you earlier, it's a lifelong journey. You know what I've learned about walking with God? When I was young and I started surrendering to God, he took this big chainsaw and he started sawing off limbs and sawing junk out of my life that needed to go. But through the years, he's gotten most of the big stuff out of the way. And so now he's thrown down the chainsaw and he doesn't even need a little hatchet anymore. It's gotten to the place where now he's got the sandpaper out. And he's beginning to sand me down and smooth me out and shine me up to make me everything he wants me to be. Surrender to God in all of your life. He'll keep working. And before long, you'll see the nature of Jesus showing up in everything that you do. Because the fruit of the Spirit comes when we stay connected with Jesus. So hang in there. Stay there. Number three, last part. He's come to work for us. He's come to work in us. Some of you got off on part two. A few more will get off on part three. The Holy Spirit has come to work through us. 
It's not just about me. A part of the work the Holy Spirit wants to do is use me, use you, all of us, each and every one of us, to touch other people's lives. He's come to work through us. Now, I know what you're thinking. <coughs> Some of you are thinking, who, me? Yeah, you. Back row up there, front row down here, everybody in between. The Holy Spirit has come to work through all of our lives. But we have to learn how to submit to what he wants to do through us. It's interesting when you start talking about the Spirit working through us. There is no record of Jesus ever performing a miracle until after the Spirit comes upon him. Spirit comes upon him, he goes into the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, he comes out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit, and then he begins his ministry, and then he begins to work miracles. It's interesting that some of us say, well, all I can do is what this little bit I have in my own strength and my own abilities. Most of us don't have enough strength and enough ability to win the world. We don't. But God wants to empower us so that all of us collectively continue the ministry of Jesus. See, a lot of the church doesn't understand. Jesus went back to the Father. He sent the Holy Spirit. He said, he's going to work for you. He's going to work in you. But he's also going to work through you. He went so far as to say, not only am I giving you the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I'm going to the Father. And when I go to the Father, I send the Spirit to you to accomplish these things. Now, I know I'm moving fast today, but stay with me. I'll be finished in just a few minutes. God has sent his Spirit to rest upon us, to empower us to continue the ministry that Jesus started so that the ministry of the church as a whole looks like what Jesus did when he was here on earth. That's the heart of God. And he wants each of us to be involved in that. But in order for that to happen, I have to submit to God and ask him to let his spirit work through my life. If I don't submit to it, it'll never happen. And here's what I want you to see. Jesus promised all these things to his followers. And when Jesus went away, starting on the day of Pentecost, miraculous things started happening. Miracle after miracle. You see it all throughout the book of Acts. You see it talked about by Paul and the other apostles. God did amazing things through their lives. But it happened because they submitted their lives to the Holy Spirit working through them. Scripture teaches about the importance of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Here's what Jesus said, Acts 1.8. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Let's stop here a minute. John the Baptist talked about this. Jesus talked about it. Peter talked about it in Acts chapter 2. This baptism with the Holy Spirit. Let me show you something. If you were watching this morning, first part of service, if you were here, and you should have been if you weren't, we, we baptize people in water. Do you know what happens 
when we baptize people in water, we put them all the way under the water line and they get totally drenched and totally wet. How many of you knew that? People get wet when they get baptized. If you don't believe it, walk down there after service. There's water everywhere down there. What happens is when you go under the water, now I'm getting off target for just a minute, but let me illustrate it. When you're baptized in water, you're making a statement. When we put you under the water, you're saying, I'm dying with Christ. I identify with his death. My old man is dead. And when you come up out of the water, you're saying, I'm raised to a brand new life in Jesus. But when you come up out of that water, you got water from the top of your head to the soles of your feet and everywhere in between. You are soaked. It's all over you. That's what baptism does. When we're encouraged to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, what he's saying is, let the spirit that is in you, that's working for you and in you, let that spirit rise up and bubble up and come upon you so that it begins to flow all over you so suddenly you have a brand new power you've never had before in your entire life. You receive power when the Holy Spirit does what? Comes upon you in this baptism. Now, Acts 1.8, you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, but the rest of the verse says, and you shall be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the ends of the earth. What he's saying was, I will empower you to carry the same ministry I've carried to the ends of the earth, beginning at home and working your way out from there. Every one of you can have a part in this but you can only be involved in this supernatural ministry of Jesus if you have the power of the Spirit upon you, working through you. That's the teaching of Jesus. That's the teaching of Jesus. It's so simple. The power is not for us to walk around and say, well, I got this power, I did this, and I, no, it's not about that. It's about us continuing the ministry of Jesus at home and around the world it's power with a purpose then one last section i want to talk about the holy spirit at god's will distributes gifts to us to be to be delivered by us to other people now i know this always freaks people out because they go back to this spirit ghost thing but i'm going to tell you something God wants to use you to do something supernatural in somebody else's life. The Spirit of God wants to use you to do something amazing in somebody else's life. Something that'll be so amazing that they'll realize only God could have done this and God did it through my friend or through this person I met. God wants to use us in miraculous, amazing ways. And here's what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 12. He said, God distributes these gifts, these manifestations, these working of the Spirit that enable us to minister beyond our own natural abilities. And I'm going to break it in three groups because it just simplifies it. First, there are powerful gifts. He says there's the working of miracles. God will use us at times. He used Jesus. He used the apostles. It's continued since that time. To this day, God still does miraculous things in people's lives. Miracles, gifts. God will drop a miracle in you and say, here, pass this off to somebody else. Deliver this to this person in need. God will do an amazing thing through you. He talked about having supernatural faith. 
A faith that lurks at circumstances and says, no, that's not how it's going to end. God says it's going to end this way. And then you start walking toward that end. God will give you a supernatural faith for situations. Spirit does that. There's also gifts, plural, gifts of healings. Gifts of healings. Did you know if you're willing to let the Holy Spirit work through you, God will use you to pray for people and God will bring healing into people's lives? And now a lot of you are saying, well, not me. That's what I'm saying. If you believe that God can do that through you, he will do that. And I'm going to explain it to you in just a moment. Let's go to the next set. Then there's there's these gifts that I simply call knowing gifts. That God lets you know something you didn't naturally know. The gift of knowledge. You could be talking to somebody and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just shows you something about their life. And you say, hey, what about this? And they say, wow, how'd you know that? Remember when Jesus told the woman at the well? Yeah, you got several husbands, and now you're with a guy that's not even your husband. Wow, how'd you know that? That's a word of knowledge. I've got to do that sometimes because it creaks people's attention and lets them know God's speaking to me. He'll also use words of wisdom. Sometimes he'll drop something in you and it just burns and you realize, I've got to share this with you because this is how you need to get out of this situation. This is what God is saying about your circumstances. It's a word of wisdom to be applied to their lives. Another knowing gift is the discerning of spirits. This is not critical spirits. Some people think critical spirits are discerning of spirits. It's not what it is. The discerning of spirits is the ability to know what kind of spirit is at work in an atmosphere. Is it just a human spirit? Is it an evil spirit? Is it the Holy Spirit? What is this power we sense at work here? God will give us the ability to discern what spirits might be at work. And then finally, the third set of gifts the speaking or vocal gifts. There's prophecy. God may use you at times and give you a word to share with somebody about their future, what's coming. There's tongues, which is speaking in a language you didn't naturally know. We see it on Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19. We see it in the New Testament. Paul wrote about it in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14. There's also the interpretation of tongues, the ability to understand what somebody has said in a language we didn't naturally know. God says, there will be times, if you're open, there'll be times when I'll drop a gift to you that somebody needs. And I'm almost finished, but I want you to hear me because this is so important. Some of us have been taught that we need to grab gifts and say, well, I have this gift and I have that gift. God gives us gifts to be delivered. And if we're hanging on to the gifts, we're limiting God we are limiting ourselves and what God wants to do through us, and we're also limiting God's ability to touch other people's lives. Let me illustrate it to you. These gifts allow the Holy Spirit to minister through us so that we can minister beyond our natural abilities. And here's the illustration of it. Everybody here knows what it is to order a pizza and have it delivered to your house. You call the place... You believe, oh yeah, they're fixing my pizza. This is what I ordered. They're going to give me this. Half of it's supreme and half of it's just cheese. And then there's one little section with anchovies for the weird person in my family. So you, you get this thing. You order your pizza and you're waiting. And you, you believe it's coming. Several minutes later, your doorbell rings. You go to the door and there's this guy standing there. You know, somebody's made the pizza. Somebody's baked it. Somebody's given it to the delivery boy. And the delivery boy comes and says, here's your pizza. Can you imagine what it would be like to open that up and see a slice gone and him wiping sauce off his face? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'm the, 
I'm the pizza eater. No, you're the delivery boy. Now hear me. When God, the Holy Spirit, drops something in my heart and he says, here, somebody needs this. It is my job to not gloat in the fact that God has chosen to use me. It is my job to deliver that pizza where God wants it delivered, leave it with him and walk away and let God work. I'm almost finished. You know what I've been doing this morning? I've been delivering the pizza. You can eat it or you can say no thanks and walk away. But friend, I'm here to tell you today, God's come. The Holy Spirit has come to work for you and in you and through you. The greatest joy you will ever know is knowing the amazing feeling that comes when you have delivered the pizza to somebody who desperately needs it. It's amazing what it does for you, for us, in us through us this message is we value the work of the Holy Spirit so we submit to him to submit in this instance simply means for us to welcome his presence continually invite him to work for us and in us and through us I want you to bow your heads right there where you are. I want to pray two prayers this morning. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit has taken one of these thoughts, two of these thoughts, maybe all three of these thoughts. And he's tapped on your heart and he's shown you things, areas of your life where he wants to work, either for you or in you or through you. And this is the time where we stop and submit ourselves and say, God, I need you. Do your work. God cannot do anything in our lives that we don't open up and allow him to do. So I'm going to pray a prayer. I'm going to ask everybody here, whatever God's saying to you today, open your heart to the work of the Holy Spirit. Father, across this room, your spirit is knocking on people's hearts in many different ways, convincing us of different things, helping us see your help. Your spirit is knocking on our hearts to show us areas of our life that he wants to adjust. Holy Spirit is showing us that he wants to use us in different ways. Father, I pray right now that every person in this room would be challenged to say, yes, Lord. We come to a place of submission and surrender and say, God, work in my life. Whatever you want to do, work for me and in me and through me. Every day of my life, I want you to work for me. I want you to work in me. But I also want you to work through me. Use me, God, for your glory. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, before I pray the last prayer, maybe you came here today and you're not in relationship with God. You've never accepted Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you don't know him, but while you've listened to this, this message and what I've shared today, something's tugging at your heart and you're realizing this is real, this is true, this makes sense to me. And deep down inside, you're thinking, man, I, I'd like to be a part of that, but this is who I am, this is what I am. Can I tell you something? That tugging on your heart is the Holy Spirit convincing you. You may be a sinner, you may have a, a sordid past, but you need a Savior, and the Savior's tugging at your heart right now saying, this is real, this is true. This is the way, the truth, the life. You can lay your sin at the cross today and walk away being righteous in the sight of God if you put your faith in Jesus. 
And the Spirit of God is working to convince you of that. All he wants you to do is say, yes, I'm in. I open my heart. I need you today. If you will do that, the journey with God begins. You become his child. Then he begins to change you from the inside out and make you who he really created you to be. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, we're going to pray a prayer together. If you'll let these words become your own and wrap your faith around these words, I promise you, God will begin to work in your life. He will not reject you. He'll take you right where you are, right as you are. Because God is calling you in right now. With heads bowed, eyes closed, everybody in the house, pray this prayer right out loud. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I need you. I accept Jesus as my Savior. He paid for my sins. I accept that payment. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. I want to learn your ways. I want to walk with you. I want your spirit to work in my life. From this day forward, I'm your child. You're my father. Thank you for receiving me. Amen. Now everybody look right here. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or if you've just been on the run, you're the prodigal and you know it's time to come home, this is the most important decision you make in your entire life. Welcome to the family of God. You're welcome here to be a part of us, part of God's family. Here's the thing. Praying that prayer is not the end of the journey. It's not the end of it. It's just the start. We've got a little booklet called The Next Seven Days. It's our gift to you. We want to put it in your hand so you can take it with you today. No strings attached. When service is finished in just a couple of minutes, there'll be prayer teams here at the front of the building. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. They're just everyday people like you and me. Just walk up to one of these couples, some of these people, just walk up here and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there, no strings attached. If you've got questions, they'll answer questions. If you want prayer for something else, they'll pray with you. If you want to get it and go, we're not going to be offended. We want to get you started walking with God. If you're in a really big rush, out in our lobby, just as you leave the building, right in the middle of the glass doors, there's a counter set up there with a sign. You'll see it. You can stop there and get the very same book. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. Let us give this to you today. Can we put our hands together and welcome new believers into God's family? God bless you today. Pastor Corey. Hey, can we say thank you to Pastor Gary for that awesome message this morning? Love being challenged and motivated by our pastor. Hey, this is the portion in our service where we get to worship God through our giving. You'll see a few options pop up on the screen. We do ask uh, unless you absolutely have to. If you stay seated till the end of service, it just helps us to collect the offering, helps our teams, they get their job done. But Pastor Gary talked about a few things. And uh, real quick, if you are new and you're visiting us, we like to say at Bridge Youth every week, we're here to build you up, not... Yeah, so hey, never, there's never any pressure or compulsion to give. Be our guest. But uh, Pastor Gary talked about a few things uh, this morning. Number one, he talked about how God works for us, and often that's him blessing us. Has God been faithful to anybody else? Man, God's been so faithful to me, my family, my wife, and I. He's been so faithful, and um, he's blessed us so much. But I know this, we're blessed to be a blessing. And see, did you know that, uh, Pastor Gary, he also said the Holy Spirit wants to work through us, and did you know one of the ways he wants to work through you is through generosity? 
See, because there's no way we could do any of this. All the people baptized this morning, all the ministry that we do, both locally and around the world, we couldn't do it without generous, faithful people like yourselves. So know this, as you give this morning, it really is the Holy Spirit working through you. He's so faithful. And uh, as you give this morning, in just a moment, as the ushers come, we're going to watch church news. So ushers, if you could begin to prepare and together, let's watch church news together. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Nicole, and I want to give you a very special welcome today. We hope that you enjoy your morning in church and that you and your family have a wonderful time. Today is officially the first Sunday of fall, and we are excited for everything this new season has in store for our church. We hope you will find your place and be a part of what's happening this fall at The Bridge. Here's a look at what's coming up. Guys, we're just a few days away from the October edition of Bridgeman on Tuesday, October 8th. If you've never been to Bridgeman, we want to invite you to join us as we talk about what it means to be the men that God created us to be. It doesn't matter if you're married or single, have kids or don't have kids. Bridgeman is a fun and casual place where you can come and be encouraged in a community of other guys. I will be speaking about the value of community and how we are better together. So be here Tuesday, October 8th at 6.30 p.m. for a fun night at Bridge Men. We are so grateful for everyone who serves at the bridge and gives their time and talents to make a difference in the lives of others. To show our appreciation, we have planned a very special volunteer appreciation night. We are taking over Mulligan's Family Fun Center on Tuesday, October 22nd from 6 to 9 p.m. The night will include unlimited go-karts, laser tag, mini golf, rock wall, batting cages, kids rides, and arcade games. This night is specifically for those who volunteer in the church and their immediate families. If that's you, be sure to check your email for a special invitation with a link to register. You can also register on our website or on the Bridge app. We wanna say thanks for all that you do to help people connect with God and connect with each other. I am so excited about a brand new season of Bridge Women launching tomorrow night. We are starting a new series entitled Wisdom Works. You know, in every season of life, we all face different circumstances and even challenges, but the Bible gives us godly wisdom for everything we will ever face. However, it's up to us to work His wisdom into each area of our lives. So I hope you will join us for this powerful series as we together put God's wisdom to work. And remember, it all starts tomorrow night at 6.30 right here at the church. And as always, Spanish translation is provided as well as childcare for infants through fifth grade. So pick up some invitation cards at the info center in the foyer today to get all the details and invite all the girls in your world. I can't wait to see you tomorrow night. you are new to the bridge, we want to personally invite you to stop by the Info Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in the church. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also download the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, 
to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning with us. We love spending our Sundays with you. Hey, one last thing before you go today. Hey, all the ladies in the room. Hey, ladies in the room, say hey. Hey, tomorrow night, we're so excited for the launch of our Bridge Women series. We have such an awesome night planned for you. So it's tomorrow night at 6.30. Ladies of all generation, Bridge Youth ladies will be rolling out, hanging out. So ladies of all generations, come hang out. You should have received an invite card as you walked in. If you want some more, stop at the Info Center, grab some, invite all the ladies in your world. It's going to be absolutely awesome. Tomorrow night, 6.30. Have you enjoyed being in church today? Hey, God bless you. We'll see you next week.